Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey! Hi, welcome to you, me, and a poltergeist. We're coming to do you. Ugh, I can't even speak. We're coming to you live from the sold-out studio in Australia. Australia, somewhere. Oh, you sexy people! Are you ready to Are hear about you? Ready. E, 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 e. To hear about ghosts. Hello, welcome to the show. You mean a poltergeist. Hello. That was a weird introduction. I just wanted to be weird. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And and it worked. It did, didn't it? Are you weirded out? If so, give us a follow on Instagram. <laughs> wow, yeah, what a segue. What uh, a segue, yeah. Today we're brought to you by our fantastic patrons over www.patreon.com slash you mean a poltergeist. Thank it you for is. supporting us, helping us continue the show. We love you. How you doing? Hmm? How are you? That's uh, just for the patrons to answer. But if you <laughs> would like to answer, go ahead and join our Patreon. You can join in one of four tiers. The lowest is $1. If you can't spare a dollar... That's $12 a year. It's not much. $12 a year. You spend $12 yesterday on food you shouldn't have bought, listener. Yeah, because you know you've got food at home. Yeah, you should. You should. You know you stop should spending that money. Yeah, you should be you should You're be conscious adult. about this. You're an adult listener, so therefore stop spending that money on that food that you probably don't need, and, and just give it to us. <laughs> <laughs> it's one lunch a year you're sacrificing. Yeah, can you not afford one lunch a year? Then, oh babe, that's sad. You can definitely afford one lunch a year if you saved your <laughs> money up. You could afford that one lunch. <laughs> no. What's new, babe? Aside from being poor. Um, oh, do you know what I almost did before? I Tell went me. to log in to do my tax because I thought it was the 1st of July. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted to see if my end of year payment summary was already there. Wait, ready is it nearly go. tax ready to Today's go? Today's June 30. Oh boy, oh hell boy, yeah. Right? It's going to be a bit of money coming in. Yeah, and I was like, oh fuck yeah, okay, okay, I'm going to do my tax, see how much I get back. And then I was like, oh, today's June 30, Damn. not July 1st. One more day. One more day. One more day. One and then, more day. And then, um, yeah, then I get back some of that money that I spent repairing my car. Yeah. Holy how much shit. was that again? Uh, three grand? Almost three grand, wasn't it? 
Yeah. yeah. I'd All of our savings. Of your savings. Sorry, I shouldn't say our savings. It's, <laughs> it's your money. The old ball and chain. <laughs> <laughs> was what's, it, wasn't my what's yours is mine. What's mine is mine. Yes, that's my saying. That's the motto. Something from the bottom. Now we're slightly above it. <laughs> A little bit. We're so, kind of back to the bottom, but the car's fixed. Yeah. Um, Started from the bottom, another car's fixed. Hey. I don't want to <laughs> talk mad shit about our unofficial sponsor, Mother Energy Drink. But. But I've quit them. Oh, no. <laughs> That's right. That's what's new with you. I'm so sorry, Mother Energy Drink. Every day I crave that delicious taste of sweet mother energy drink. But I mustn't drink them anymore. What was happening to you, babe? Tell the audience. Well, the truth is I... <laughs> <laughs> there goes Dudley. Oh, bark, bark, bark. There goes Molly after a while. Uh We'll keep going anyway. Uh, the... I don't know. My chest... I just didn't start... I started feeling not so good. Yeah. And, you know, when you're only 25 and you start worrying about having a heart attack at work, maybe maybe it's time to ease up. Yeah. Although I came to realise that the chest pain that I was having was muscular and not at all related to my heart. Cardiovascular. Because then I, I'd, due to my uh, lovely short-term memory, I had forgotten that I'd done a workout the day previous, <laughs> so <laughs> I had chest pain from doing a workout, and I was like, oh my god, I'm having a heart attack. Anyways, these are the sort of dumb shit pretty, things I have to deal with in my life. Pretty standard. That's what I've got to deal with with you. Oh, it's yeah. pretty standard. I don't I don't worry about many things. but because I you d- forget about them. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's why. But I, I do worry about my heart. Oh, always. Always. I'm going to close this door. This motherfucker is so loud. This is what we got to live with, people. Anyway. In my family, both my grandfathers, who I didn't get to meet one of them. My dad didn't even get to meet his dad because he died of a massive heart attack. God. And same with granddad. My mum's dad. I was only 18 months old when he died from a massive heart attack. Oh, that's horrible. So heart attacks run in my family. So, yes, I'm, I'm, I would be quite concerned about your heart as well. Yeah. If there was something to be worried about, yeah, there was there was a big point of coming down from this sort of major caffeine addiction. I mean, I'm still having. I'm. I'll. He's having the DTs, guys. What? I'm having withdrawals. Oh, <laughs> I've never heard that saying before. Um, I'm still having my you know morning coffee, and I might have one later in the night if I'm feeling like I might crash my car on the way home from being exhausted. But, I mean, I'm down probably three or four caffeinated drinks a day, a day, which is fairly significant for me. Yeah, and there's not just the caffeine in those drinks either. And like, okay, you're getting the sugar free, but there's still other shit that go in there to get you energized. Oh hell yeah, that taurine, that glycamine, glycamine. Aspartame, ball semen, way. Hey. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. That's how they do the cans. <laughs> <laughs> what? Instead of a um, <laughs> instead of like you know how the at the bars they have the taps that they pull down and the beer comes out. Yeah, they just pull the bull's tail down <laughs> and then it pees into a cup. <laughs> well, we're not talking about pee. 
Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, never mind. I don't want to go any further with that. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the colour of some of these drinks. Is yeah, really... very pea-coloured. I'm very proud of you. This is the like third time you've uh, broken the cycle of addiction from other energy drinks in our relationship. I know. Why Why is it? It's always just this one energy drink, too. It's just this. Oh, man. And I know, oh, I'm, I'm just remembering some addicted shit, but <laughs> I remember last time I'd quit and then I'd been off them for like six months and then I saw one. And I was like, oh, you know, just one won't hurt. Amen. Well, fucking relapse into I addiction. I get into but... <laughs> his car and it's filled with one of the energy drink cans. And if you think I'm joking, I'm not. It's like, like it's that not an um, exaggeration. I couldn't even put my feet on the ground. That scene in Yes Man where he comes out of the car and it's just Red Bull cans everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, except his mother. But like the first time after that six months that I cracked the seal, and the spray of carbonated beverage went psh into the air. You know, I don't. I barely even have a sense of smell. I could fucking smell this in my brain. <laughs> it was like sweet relief. Drink it. That's an addiction. Nectar of the gods, ambrosia. I love like addiction is a real thing. It's a very bad disease. But the way you talk about mother energy drink right now is the same way a heroin addict <laughs> talks about relapsing. Oh, and absolutely. They're like, fuck, like, my mate was just doing it and I just, I saw it and he was like, and I just had to get in between my toes, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you sound like. See, this, this is why I haven't touched drugs before because I have the most <laughs> addictive personality. Anyway, um... Let's move on with the show before this becomes an intervention. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brayden, we just want to say we love you. Oh, uh, yeah. And we care about you. Thanks. And we're worried about and your we're heart health. About your heart health from all the energy drinks. <laughs> yeah, well, don't worry. You Isn't know. there a story you told me how once you drank so many in one day you could feel your heart beating out of your chest? That was coffee. Oh, that was coffee? I was. I put like 17 scoops of coffee into one anyway i'm a caffeine addict let's uh, continue with the uh, podcast the first step is admitting it yeah oh 100 but i'm always very good at quitting things cold turkey i've found because i have a very extreme personality where i i change (laughs) things on a dime so if it's like hey you need to turn your life 1e right now i'm like okay look I'm, I'm already turned for around the day where we've got like three kids we're happily married and you're like you know what nope <laughs> <Just> <laughs> fuck off <laughs> i don't i i'm not like that though i'm a i'm yeah, a nice guy i'm a nice guy <laughs> i wait for it i wait for it i'm counting it down that's why i've got a little nest egg just in case with all the little silver coins in it oh uh, yep yep your nest egg's like 20 cents <laughs> <laughs> hey it's more than 20 cents there's a couple gold coins what are we talking about today, babe? Let's uh, get off the topic Let's of my, my addiction and pee. Say your addiction to pee. <laughs> no, my addiction because and I pee. I thought we weren't talking about Come our sexual on, relationship go. right now. I thought we were talking about... Oh, my God. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Today we're talking about a little bit of uh, Australian history, I guess. Yeah. bit of um, Australian cryptids. Indeed. That date back to our indigenous people, mainly from um, their Dreamtime stories. Uh, So what is Dreamtime for our listeners that don't know? Dreamtime is essentially a term that was given to the sort of religious and cultural beliefs of the 
early Indigenous people of Australia. Uh, it sort of covers all of their religion and their uh, folklore and things of that nature. Hmm. I remember in school, I think it was this is pretty shitty. So I I went to a rural school. Yeah. In Jimboomba, which is an Aboriginal name, I'm pretty sure. That definitely sounds like an <laughs> Aboriginal name. Well, so is Yarrabilba. Yeah. And I just pulled a town in called Yarrabilba. Anyway. And I don't remember learning much about Aboriginal culture. No. Um, or the Indigenous people of this land. But I do remember, like, one day in when we went to library time, like, one day where Dreamtime stories were read. Right, yeah. And they were really fascinating. But I never learned anything else. What we learned was that Captain James Cook, is that right? Yeah. Came over and he discovered, I'm saying that with quotation marks, <laughs> discovered yeah. Australia. Yeah. And we learned about, we didn't really learn about what happened either when he discovered I know, the right? Land. They missed out on all the yeah. mass genocide. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's very horrific. I mean, every country has a very terrible start. Um, Particularly, well, talking about ones that are colonised by people. By the British humans, the European settlers. Yeah. yeah. Fucking terrible. And, yeah, hopefully well, that, that turns into something different in the years to come. Yeah, well, when... I, I'd like to hope that schools are hopefully teaching it a bit more now. Yeah. Well, we can only hope, but... I mean, like you were saying, I mean, I can only remember one time in my entire schooling Bless you. where I did any, where the teachers or and people did any Indigenous yeah. Australian history whatsoever. We had, like, um, murals all over the school, you know, of the... Like Dreamtime sort of... I don't want to say classic, but the... The Aboriginal style, or is yeah. it is it Aboriginal style? Yeah. yeah. Of, um, like, paintings, like the dot work and everything. We had murals of that all over the school. Mm. But we never did, like, any projects on it. We never did any, like, just any classes on yeah. it. We studied Japanese and German before learning about our... Own country's our own, heritage. Yeah, history. True history. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit devastating, yeah. honestly. So it, it's kind of good that we are doing this episode today and bring a bit more light to the type of culture that they had and the yeah. type of, or have, <laughs> they still, Aboriginal and Indigenous people are still in Australia today. They do still exist and they still have that culture and they still share these stories. And I thought we should share some with you and it kind of relates back to our podcast with cryptids and mythology and... yeah. Fun. Talking about some interesting creatures of the dream time. Yeah. Hmm. You get to go first because I went first last week with that absolute bummer of a hotel. <laughs> yeah, that was a dark one. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be talking about a creature that I think most people will know, at least that are from Australia. I will be talking about something that lurks in the depths of the billabong. And is legendary among the indigenous Australian uh, people and their mythology. 
The creature is known by many names, but perhaps its most famous name is the one that roughly translates to devil or spirit. I will be talking about the bunyip. I I can remember hearing the name bunyip so many times when I was a child and just being like terrified of going out in the bush because of like bunyip stories. So this this one was a uh, very fun to uh, research and then remember all these times I was like, what the fuck? I don't want to get eaten by a bunyip. <laughs> it's it, well to me anyway. It was sort of like it wasn't exactly the boogeyman, but it was like. It was like a story that um, would get told and then they'd be like, you know, don't go out in the bush on your own. You'll uh, get snagged by the bunyip, etc. Like my friends would tell me the story as well. Like we'd tell it to each other to scare um, scare each other. <laughs> the bunyip is one of the most well-known creatures of Australian mythology and was feared long before the European settlers in the 1800s began recording their encounters with the terrifying aquatic beast slash spirit uh, the creature is said to be a magical shape-shifting water spirit and if this is true it is understandable as to why there are so many different recountings of the creature's appearance and it's given so many different names throughout history although in saying that i did i did watch a great documentary on the bunyip on youtube by the user who is named swamp dweller and they made a very interesting hypothesis as to what exactly the bunyip could have been and uh but yeah i'll I'll bring that up later in the show so yeah as a personal note like i was saying i remember my friend in grade six nicholas i believe his name was uh a different a different nicholas to the one you know yeah, I was eight years old, and I remember him telling me that his mother owned this property with a significant chunk of bushland on it, and a large creek, or uh, billabong, I'm not exactly sure what the difference between a billabong and a creek are. Let me look that up, I really want to know. Yeah. You Continue, continue. Thank you. Yeah, and he was saying that in this creek, there was a bunyip, and he had seen it. And I was utterly terrified. But he, he and I, he was like saying, we need to go there and we need to find the bunyip. And I was all in, eight years old and ready to search for a, you know, a monster that has terrorized the indigenous people of our land for centuries and or millennia, actually. So a billabong is an Australian term for an oxbow lake, an isolated pond left behind after a river changes course. Okay, interesting. So it's like an abandoned creek or river. Okay, cool. Yeah, but eventually uh, my friend was like, yeah, I was just fucking with you. There's not actually any uh, bunyips there. And I was I was actually pretty devastated because he, he, uh, he was sort of talking to the inner fantastical person inside of me and I was like bunyips we're gonna fucking find a monster everything's gonna be so cool that's exactly the kind of kid I was I'm not scared I'm not scared at all I'm ready for this monster until I see the fucking monster and then I run away (laughs) (laughs) wet in my pants you're like well I saw it (laughs) yeah anyway lucky lucky we didn't go and search for it because if it was real uh yeah we would have been fucked up but uh the Murundi people recorded the creature as being similar in shape to a starfish, but only much, much larger and more malevolent in nature. And I have seen art of the starfish form of the bunyip, and uh, it's it's quite interesting looking. 
Uh, there was another Bunyip that was supposedly speared and killed, and this creature came to be known as the Calicum Bunyip. Uh, every year, this uh, Aboriginal mob that had killed it would return to the site of the creature's death and retrace the outline. Uh, a European antiquarian joined the mob in their visit to the location and noted that the creature's outline was close to 28 feet from tip to tip and 12 feet in width, which is like 10, 10 meters. 10 by 3? 10 by 4, I think, around that. You say 12 feet? Yeah. It's three. So, yeah, unfortunately, the location of the Bunyip's death was turned into a sheep grazing land, and all the history that was there was taken away. Uh, if you don't think that we, like, our ancestors took over the land, <laughs> yeah, you're fucking wrong. Uh, yeah, that kind of Bunyip was probably undoubtedly the long neck variety of Bunyip. There's numerous different kinds of Bunyip. Oh, what? Yeah. Long neck, short neck, no neck. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> no neck is the starfish version because uh, it doesn't have head. Uh, yeah. And this, yeah, it is uh, pretty much described to be like an aquatic giraffe, but like evil. And, or, or maybe <laughs> like a long neck monster or something. Could you imagine an aquatic giraffe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a, what are those big long neck uh, Loch Ness monster type? Dinosaurs, it's very similar to that. I want to say Stegosaurus, but that is so <laughs> that's, wrong. Yeah, it's a, that's, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the final and most common version of the tale is described to be similar in appearance to a seal or manatee. Uh, the creature is described to be roughly six feet long with a shaggy black coat and have the head of a bulldog, massive ears, no tail, and the whiskers of a seal or otter. Are you thinking of a? Brachiosaurus. That's the one, Brachiosaurus. Or Brontosaurus? Bronto is, I believe, the one that walks on land. What about a Diplodocus? A Diplodocus? Yeah. Very cool. Uh, All these tales of the Bunyip are (laughs) said to have one thing in common, and that is that it can release a horrendous whale. Oh. The whale is terrifying enough to send people into shock, and it is even said that to disturb a bunyip is to bring about a curse on yourself and those closest to you. I just... <laughs> what? I just imagined a bunyip just throwing a big <laughs> whale. <laughs> That would definitely set people into shock if something was big enough to throw a whale. <laughs> oh, she, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Off topic. There, there was uh, one recounting that this lady was so terrified by the bunyip that she was paralyzed for days until a thunderstorm came and the thunder was the thing that woke her up from the uh, terror. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, terrible. Mm. In uh, 1818, European explorer Hamilton Hume happened upon some very large bones at Lake Bathurst and recorded their finding, but didn't ultimately take them with him because they were too large. When he uh, talked of his findings, he described the bones as being similar to those found to have come from a hippopotamus or manatee. Oh. It's like a very large, interesting creature. And I do believe that manatees are... uh, can come inland from uh, the ocean, yeah, not especially no, 
not super far, but uh, that's what like all the skeptics are like. Clearly, oh. it was a manatee coming inland. And you're like, clearly not, motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Hume was offered money to return to the site to recover the bones, but ultimately couldn't ever return to the lake. In 19, or 1830, sorry, uh, George Ranskin and later Thomas Mitchell found two sets of bones in Wellington Caves uh, that were larger than an ox and thought to be proof of the bunyip once more. Unfortunately, these bones came to be found to be the fossils of giant marsupial creatures of an age past, comparable to a gigantic wombat, which is terrifying. And wombats are already big. Yeah, wombats are like thick boys. Yeah, they're massive. Yeah. They're not these cute little cuddly... I mean, they're not huge. I, I mean, a wombat the but... size of an ox. Oh, yeah, that's... Uh, that's big and scary. Huge. But I'm just saying, like, wombats aren't small to no, begin No, wombats with. aren't like teddy bears. They're like no. a dog. Just because there's like a stuffed toy of a wombat does not mean that that's what a wombat is yeah. like. Wombats are vicious as fuck. They are. They're evil. Yeah. Do you know what's not vicious? What? Koalas. Koalas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are a whole ton of other fossilized finds and skeletal finds from European explorers who seem to have their theories disproved as the bones were um, linked to other fossils and not of the bunyip. But in saying that, though, the creature of legend could in fact be representative of an aquatic version of the marsupial lion, which is said to have actually roamed in Australia, I think it was 15,000 years ago. Jesus which Christ. would have linked perfectly with the native indigenous people Must population. Yeah, with the a lion with a pouch, <laughs> something like that. That's yeah, fucked, man. That's yeah, fucked. terrifying. Uh, yeah, could could this creature and the tales passed down over countless millennia of its warning? Uh, have served as the basis for the tale of the Bunyip in Dreamtime and in uh, their culture. Possibly. Maybe. Maybe they were warning their uh, their future Generation. descendants. Yeah, it's hard, hard to really say, but it's well within scientific reasoning to believe that this sort of creature could exist and fit right into the ecology of what is already a fairly hodgepodge collection of interesting and weird creatures that we have here in Australia. I mean, yeah. a platypus. <laughs> the uh, weirdest creature. Like a marsupial duck that lays eggs. Yeah, like it doesn't fit. With a beaver tail. Yeah. Uh, and perhaps the cryptid known as the bunyip is just an animal that is yet to be discovered here in Australia. Oh, do do that's all I have on the bunyip. Is that all you have? Yep. There's I feel lot. like I haven't done what I'm doing justice at all compared really? to what you did. That was so informative. Oh, really? And I'm just like... I feel like I could have gone on for another 50 minutes, but there, there was so much about the bunyip. Most of the stories, obviously, that we would get are from the Europeans who have come in and recorded their yeah. findings. Um, but Whereas, yeah, like, the stories you would get from um, Aboriginals... They're all in the dream time. Yeah, exactly. Stories. So, so recorded on uh, in like paintings and through chatter. Yeah. And I guess that brings me to the Yowie. Ooh, another creature that I've I looked for as a child. <laughs> <laughs> well, babe, we're in one of the states where it is most commonly seen. Oh shit! Yeah. 
pretty fucking crazy. (laughs) There are accounts of it in um, today's time, too. Oh, really? Uh, I don't know about 2020, but in the early 2000s at least. Well, that counts. So, let me just begin. As you guys know, I have written all of my shit up. Some of us Australians know the Yowie as a delicious chocolate treat with a toy inside. Yes. By Cadbury. <laughs> the Australian Kinder Surprise, if you will. Yep. <laughs> they come in many different coloured foil wrappings in the shape of a depiction of a Yowie. I remember when I was younger. <laughs> From about four years to seven years old. We had a little shelf hanging in our lounge room. Well, I don't know why I'm reading this. I could just tell you. We had this shelf hanging in our lounge room. Yeah. <laughs> and on the shelf, we had the collection of, like, the little Yowie toys. Yep. We moved to Jimboomba, and I don't know where that went. I don't know if Derek has the collection now or if it's just stuck in a box, but we were, like, hardcore Yowie collectors. Oh, wow. Hardcore. And then, like, for ages, they weren't on the shelves or anything. Mm. No idea where Yowies went. They were just gone. They were extinct. <laughs> but of recent time... <laughs> Wait, is this whole thing... <laughs> this is about the chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I know. Imagine if your whole thing was just on the chocolate and not on the actual thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only talking about the chocolate today. <laughs> yes. Um, part two next week. Tune in. Yeah. <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> Follow me for that too. Um, anyway. But recently, Derek has found, that's my oldest brother, has found Yowies in Kmart. Oh, yeah, the get chocolate. some of them. Awesome. How awesome. They're making a comeback. But what really is a Yowie? Let's discuss. Well, I wrote, well, put on your listening ears to find out. Because <laughs> I was just remembering of in school when you learnt about things. Put on your listening ears. Is your listening ears on? Fucking hate teacher. Me wants to be one. Okay. Yowie stem from Aboriginal folklore of a creature reported to live in the outback. It is referred to by several different names and it varies from state to state nationally recognized as Yowie, but in Queensland they are known as Quinkin, which uh, gets the name from the Australian Aboriginal rock art style that can be found in far north Queensland around the small town of Laura and is officially known as Quinkin country. They are also known as Joe While in parts of New South Wales they are known by a few more names, Gindaring, Jarawara, Ningawan, I'm, I think I'm saying it right because I've got an Australian accent. Putkin. Put, putkin. Putkin. Dulaga. Gulaga. And Tulagal. The Aoi is also known by the names such as Yaroma, Nakuna, Wawi, Penkalingu, Jimbra, and Tangara. I'm sorry if I've just completely butchered those. I tried my best to find the pronunciations and try and listen when I was watching. You did good. Thank you, thank you. They are commonly part of legends associated with the eastern states of Australia, including Northern Territory, Queensland, ACT, uh, sorry, Australian Capital Territory, I should say, um, and New South Wales. Now we know all of the names. What does Yowie look like? Well, it's like a hairy ape-like creature that when standing upright ranges from 2.1 metres to 3.6 metres in height, which is 6 foot 11 inches to 12 feet. Giant. Fucking Giant. 
Its feet are larger than a human, but alleged tracks of the creature are inconsistent in the shape of foot and number of toes. Oh. So I think there's like some tracks that have like two toes and some that have like, oh yeah, five toes, like a human. Yeah. The descriptions given by witnesses are more varied than those of Bigfoot. Its nose is described as wide and flat, I would assume like an ape. Um, Some have reported the creature to be shy and timid, while others find that the Yowie is aggressive and violent, the Yowie is known as Australia's Bigfoot. Awesome. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. So there isn't a clear indication of where the term Yowie originally came from, but the term was in use among the Camilleroy people in 1875, as documented by Reverend William Ridley's Camilleroy and other Australian languages. One quote saying... Yowie is a spirit that roams over the earth at night, found on page 138. So it was in circulation, but they're not too sure where the actual origin of the name came from. Okay. But modern writers suggest the term Yowie arose from original Aboriginal legends um, of the Yahoo. Robert Holden recounts several stories that support this from the 19th century, including a European account from 1842. This is from the Australian and New Zealand Monthly Magazine, February 1842, from an article titled Superstitions of the Australian Aborigines, the Yahoo. The natives of Australia believe in the Yahoo. This being they described as resembling a man of nearly the same height, with long white hair hanging down from the head over the features. The arms as extraordinarily long, furnished at the extremities with great talons. And the feet turned backwards so that on flying from men, the imprint of the foot appears as if the being had traveled in the opposite direction. Hmm. Altogether, they described it as a hideous monster of an unearthly character and ape-like appearance. There is a story part of the dream time that suggests this is where the name came from. This is from the Walladaba manuscripts recollections of the early days by william telfer 1980 on pages 76 to 77 now this is a direct quote so if i say anything that probably isn't politically correct now i'm very sorry old bungary ganaga said at the time there were tribes of them and they were the original inhabitants of the country he said they were the old race of blacks the yahoos and the blacks used to fight and the blacks always beat them but the Yahoo always made away from the blacks being a fast runner mostly. Throughout the history of Australia and Aboriginal history, there have been many cases of the creature being witnessed. I've just de- I've decided to cover a few, but go for gold for looking them up. Because <laughs> there are plenty and there are videos and pictures and it's it's really exciting stuff to look at. So according to a column written in nineteen eighty seven by Margaret Jones for the Sydney Morning Herald it was said that the first Australian Yowie sighting took place as early as 1795. Cool. The title of the article read, It's Spot the Yowie Time Again. I read the entire article and it's actually quite profound for its time. I won't recite it back to you, but you can go ahead and read it for yourself. But essentially, Margaret goes on to discuss legendary creatures of... Uh, discuss legendary creatures to the youth of the day. And how she would much rather encounter Yowie than the younger generation. It's a little bit totally off topic, but it's kind of relevant to what's happening today in our time. 
So I'm going to read the end of the article. This week on the bus, I listened to two presenter young men behind me conversing in an endless stream of obscenities about what they thought should be done to Jews, Asians, and the occasional plain or overweight girl who caught their eye as the bus trundles slowly along. Wearing past a minibus full of old people, one of them suggested that the group of pensioners should be taken to the Blue Mountains on ostensible outings and dumped in the bush overnight where the temperatures were well below freezing. Better than the gas chamber, he said giggling. Give me a yowie any day. Oh my god. I just thought that was really interesting because this is written back in the 80s. And it's kind of like, that shit's still fucking happening Mm. in 2020. And I would much rather encounter yowie because reading these encounters, I don't see where the claims of it being um, violent comes from. It seems... Like, it's just trying to figure out what's going on around it. Right. So, not timid and shy, but more inquisitive than anything else. Mm. I don't know. When I meet one, I'll tell ya. (laughs) Alright, so in the 1870s, accounts of indigenous apes, that's what they were named, appeared in the Australian Town and Country Journal, um, written in Sydney, New South Wales. The earliest account being recorded in November 1876 on Saturday the 18th. It asks readers, Who has not heard from the earliest settlement of the colony? The black speaking of some unearthly animal or inhumane creature that inhabited some part of the wildest, inaccessible, rugged and sequestered haunts of, of Rocky Mountains and Gorge is in the colony, colony namely... The Yahoo Devil Devil, or Hairy Man of the Wood, which is which to this day they stand in fearful awe and terror of. And then the article went on to um, tell a sighting by, seen by a young men. Hmm. So the article reported of an event that happened two weeks prior. Towards the Lachlan River on Kulamba, Kulamba Station, in one of the most secluded, miserable-looking spots with undetectable terror... That is said to rattle anyone that passes this far and wide known gorge or death chasm of the river. A young man, the son of the Porter family, a set on the Lachlan River, was shepherding a flock of his father's sheep near the dismal rocky bridge of the gorge when what was described as an inhuman, unearthly looking being was seen coming directly towards him from high rugged rocks. The young man had border collies with him, and upon seeing the creature, they refused to attack and cower behind the man's legs. It was then he decided to abandon the sheep and run home, where he would tell his family, um, yeah, where he would tell his family what he'd seen. After mustering up the courage to go back to the site with his father, the being was gone. There was no evidence to say the hairy man was ever there. Oh, so clearly all the sheep were left untouched. Yeah. Cool. So it didn't report that the sheep had been mutilated or anything. Yeah. So imagine if he came back and all the sheep had like flowers in their in their oh, fluff. How cute! <laughs> oh, I wish I was a yowie. Or flowers in my hair. Eighteen seventy six. Settlement was in the air. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> Stop. Sorry. That was bad. Sorry. That's why I'm not a songwriter. 
The article then continued to say that the Saturday before this incident, there was a fishing party of young men and women who went to the Rocky Bridge waterholes for for a night's fish. These waterholes were known for not only the quantity, but the quality of fish in them. I mean, back in the day, there would have been abundance, right? Oh, yeah. Especially in the 1800s. It was customary for those determined for a good sport to remain the night, and a large bonfire would be made. About two hours before sundown, the young men and some of the women went to set their lines, leaving one of the young women to boil the billy and prepare supper. While there, while she was um, doing so, the young woman was startled by an observing figure. Thinking it was one of the men returning to the fire, she moved closer, only to discover that the figure was not human. Oh, no. Though the creature looked like a man, it had a big red face, hands, and legs covered over with long, shaggy hair. Due to sheer fright, the woman froze, but also let out a screeching scream. The men who heard her scream left their lines and ran quickly to the site. As the men reached the fire, the creature stood for a minute or two before running away towards the rocks. Two of the men uh, had a tomahawk and... I don't know what this is. A, a cudgel? It's like a bludgeon. Oh. Like a club. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, with which they followed the creature for a short distance up the mountain. It turned around and stood still, inspecting the men approaching, who then came to a stop just 60 yards away. They got a full view, describing it as being a big, slovenly man. Thank you. Their head was covered with dark, grisly hair. The face was shaggy, darkish hair. The back and belly, the, yeah, the back, belly, and down legs covered in hair of a light color. The men then doubled round and hurried back to the fire, to the fire and women. The two men who witnessed the creature were Porter and Dunn, well-known settlers on the Abercrombie and Lachlan Rivers. Mr. Lena, another settler from the Lachlan, informed the paper that the neighbors all around organized to search and hunt down the beast, dead or alive. It hadn't done anything wrong. It was just coming to check out what the fire was. Right. It was literally, like, it just sounds so inquisitive, right? The yowl yeah. sounds so inquisitive. And it didn't hurt anyone. It just sort of looked at them and was like, huh, like, what are you? What is this flame? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, is, what is this? I mean, um, up until then, the poor Yowie had probably only seen flame during bushfire season. It's yeah. probably like, shit, we need to stop the flame. He's like, oh, fuck, here we go again. Then he's like, oh, it's controlled. Oh, okay. These people control the fire. Well, I will run away then. They'll control the fire <laughs> on me. So amateur naturalist Henry James McCuey wrote of his encounter with a strange creature in the bushland between Batemans Bay and Ulladulla, New South Wales. These are his words from over 130 years ago in December 1882. He writes, A few days ago, I saw one of these strange animals in an unfrequented locality on the coast between Batemans Bay and Ulladulla. My attention was attracted to it by the cries of a number of small birds which were pursuing and darting at it. When I first beheld the animal, I was stand- it was standing on its hind legs, partly upright, looking up at the birds above it in the bushes, blinking its eyes and distorting its visage, and making a low, chattering no- kind of noise. I was assuming kind of like how cats make. Yeah. 
being above the animal on a slight elevation and distance from it less than a chain, I had ample opportunity of noting its size and general appearance. I should think that if it were standing perfectly upright, it would be nearly five foot high. It was tailless and covered with long black hair, which was of a dirty red or snuff colour. Its eyes, which were small and restless, were partly hidden by matted hair that covered its head. The length of the four forelegs or arms seemed to be strikingly out of proportion with the rest of its body, but in all respects, its build seemed to be fairly proportional. It would probably weigh about eight stone, because obviously this is written before we switched. Yep. On the whole, it was a most uncouth and repulsive-looking creature. That's sad. Um, evidently possessed of prodigious strength, and one which I should not care to come to close quarters with. Having sufficiently satisfied my curiosity, I threw a stone at the animal, whereupon it immediately rushed off, followed by the birds, and disappeared in a ravine which was close at hand. God damn. McCooley offered to capture an, an ape of the, for the Australian Museum for £40. According to Robert Holden, a second outbreak of reported ape sightings appeared in 1912. The owie appeared in Donald Friend's Hill and Diana, a collection of writings about the gold fields near Hill End in New South Wales. Friends uh, refers, refers to the Yowie as a species of bunyip. Ah, yeah. interesting. But the descriptions are very different. Oh, yeah. It's not a giant marsupial lion. No, no. It's a giant marsupial man. It's a giant mammal. mammal I don't think yeah. it has a pouch. Oh, yeah. Um, now on to some modern day encounters. <laughs> Exciting. In October 2009, Matthew Jones was totally unprepared for when he saw... For what he saw as he stood in his garage in um, suburban Canberra, which is in the Australian Capital Territory, yep. if uh, people did not know. Um, he was packing boxes to move to a new house when he was confronted by a stocky, hairy monster standing in the corner of the garage staring at him. According to James, the creature was a juvenile covered in hair with long arms that almost touched the ground. He said, I was inquisitive about what I was doing. It was sorry. It was inquisitive about what I was doing. It was definitely trying to communicate with me. At the time, James had no idea what the creature could be. A friend later told him that it could have been a yowie, especially based off the description compared to accounts in the eighteen hundreds and the native legends. Yeah, the creature was described in a book that was released in the early two thousands called "Something Is Out There" and is, and it is known as the Big Daddy of all Australian mystery monsters. <laughs> The book claims that there have been almost 10,000 reported Yowie sightings during the past 200 years. Damn. Something is out there. Also lists the Aussie, other Aussie monsters, including, I had to include this, a mega shark, giant lizards, panthers on the prowl, and phantom kangaroos. Phantom kangaroos? Dibs. Like kangaroo ghosts? I, I'd assume so, but dibs. <laughs> yeah. I'm dibsing phantom kangaroos. <laughs> Just want to put that out there now. Dibs. Sorry. Another account in 2009 speaks of an attack on a seven-month-old puppy in a rural um, area south of Darwin, Northern Territory. 
The owner found the puppy with its head ripped off but believed it was the doing of dingoes, which, you know, dingoes don't really leave much behind. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Although, top-end Yowie investigator Andrew McGinn told the Northern Territory News that a Yowie could be the culprit. The way the guy's dog was killed was typical of a Yowie. McGinn was quoted saying, I know it sounds fanciful, but over the past 100 years, dogs get killed or decapitated and people report feeling watched, watched, having goats stolen, or seeing some tall, hairy thing in the days beforehand. Cool. The Northern Territory News said there had been several other sightings of Yowies in the area around Acacia Hills. Around um, south of Darwin in the past decade. In one instance, a mango farmer named Katrina Tucker claimed she had been metres away from a hairy human-shaped creature. She took photos of the creature's footsteps to the Northern Territory Museum, which decided she had been hoaxed. But Mr. McGinn told the Northern Territory News he had no doubt Miss Tucker's story was true. After I met this lady... I found she was clearly terrified, he said. A carpen- uh, sorry, carpenter, Daryl Campbell, reported seeing a similar creature near Adelaide River about 60 kilometres away from um, Acacia Hills in 1998. Another resident of Acacia Hills, Alan Ferguson, had spotted UFOs flying around his home. He said the area seemed to be home to a lot of unusual activity. Awesome. I've been here for 16 years and I hear it. I hear time and time again reports of these strange things around Acacia Hills, he said. But Mr. Ferguson said he'd never seen a Yowie. I only see the things scooting around in the sky. I don't see hairy monsters. <laughs> but if that's really true, what's next? Dinosaurs running around the streets? <laughs> now, I thought I'd run through some reported, uh, reported sightings of Yowies in our gorgeous sunshine state, Queensland. Nice. July 2009, Rockhampton. A driver who had pulled off to the side of the road reported seeing a very tall, grey-haired creature with similar body features to a human standing on two limbs. The creature ran extremely fast and dove into scrub. <laughs> September 2002, Biwa. 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 Right? I said Biwa. Like Biwa. A horticulturist named... Name withheld, sorry, not named withheld, <laughs> yeah. name withheld, was in the Biwa State Forest off Roy's Road when he heard a high-pitched scream. He turned around and saw a black furry thing about waist height, which got taller almost to my height. That was his... That's typical that Australian was, uh, description right there. It got taller almost about my height. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right, eh? August 2001, Laidley. Mrs. Cruton, first name withheld, was driving towards Laidley Creek when a creature appeared on the right side of the road. It was walking on all fours, was covered in dark hair, and looked like a large version of an orangutan. Similar sightings have been reported over the years in that area. Cool. Mid-2001... Mount Tambourine. Oh, that's really close to us. It is. I've got another one that's also, you're going to be like, we're not moving there. 
Um, a jogger was running along a road when he saw this big dark form, in his words, as it turned to its side, he realized it was mobile on two legs and about 2.13 meters to 2.43 meters, seven foot to eight foot tall. Damn. 1999, Ormo. Jason C. spotted something moving in bushland, which, while clearing trees for a house construction, he recalls seeing an ugly thing sitting crouched in the bushes and described it as an ugly human with dark brown hair, with dark brown hair, body hair, a flat nose, a large head, about nine foot tall, 2.74 meters, um, long arms and was built solid. It ran in, um, it ran in a side to side motion. Serpentine. (laughs) You can't shoot me. (laughs) Now, babe, you know how I want to move to Springbrook? Yeah. So in 1977 in Springbrook, former Queensland National Party Senator Bill O'Chee reported that he came face to face with the Yowie while he was a young boy on a school camp. He said he was with a group of 20 fellow TSS students when they saw what they described as a three meter tall hair covered creature. It had a flat face and walked to the side like a... In a crab-like style. Oh, my God. Want to move, move to Springbrook, babe? You know, I have gone to Springbrook, and when we were there, we were at the observatory looking at stars and stuff. And we, me and my friends from school also went out, not that far from the observatory, but we went out into the bushland and were looking for yowies. Imagine if that fucking thing just, like, crabbed up to us and was like... <laughs> <laughs> its evolution seems so weird though yeah it's gone from being this like ape-like thing to a crab <laughs> well walking like a crab it still does everything else like an ape but did you know that there's some prominent yowie hunters in australia please tell rex gilroy since the mid-1970s paranormal enthusiast rex gilroy is self is a self-employed cryptozoologist and has attempted to popularize the yowie Gilroy, I don't think he's going to do much to popularise the I think it's a fucking chocolate, mate. It's a chocolate. <laughs> it's pretty popular. <laughs> yeah. Gilroy claims to have collected over 3,000 reports of them and proposed that they comprise a relic population of extinct ape or homo species. Rex Gilroy believes that the Yowie is related to the North American Bigfoot, Along with his partner, Heather Gilroy, Gilroy has spent 50 years amassing his Yowie collection, saying he has identified four species of the Yowie, which he believes are subspecies of Homo erectus. Ah, interesting. Tim the Yowie Man, (laughs) a published author who claims to have seen a Yowie in the Brindabella Ranges in 1994. Since then, Tim the Yowie Man has investigated Yowie sightings and other paranormal phenomena. He also writes a regular column in Australian newspapers, the Canberra Times and the Sydney Morning Herald. In 2004, Tim the Yowie Man won a legal case against Cadbury, a popular British confectionery company. Cadbury had claimed that his name was too similar to their range of Yowie confectionery. Oh. And that's all I've got for now on the Yowie. I love 
hearing people's sightings. You know I love it. Mm. You know I do. And I think I did too many, but... <laughs> it's all good. It's They're all sort of running in line with Bigfoot and all that sort of Sasquatch nonsense. I 100% think it was it, the Yowie. 100% is like the thing before human. Ah, interesting. Well, there's a thing, there's a... Isn't there a missing link? There's what like a the Jurassic... The missing link? There's like a Jurassic creature called the Gigantopithecus, I think it's called. And it's like a giant ape, pretty much the exact same as what they describe a Yowie or yeah, Sasquatch. well, that's... They keep describing it. Like, all the things that I read, they keep describing it as um, an ape. I just want to know, there's so many sightings of these Bigfoot-like creatures, the Sasquatches, the Yowies. How come we haven't actually documented one properly yet? Right? Like... We've found dinosaur bones. How have we not found... I reckon... <laughs> Wait, were you about to say, we found dinosaur bones? How have we not found dinosaurs yet? <laughs> no, no, no. I know that's not what I meant. <laughs> I mean, we've found dinosaur bones and we've discovered that dinosaurs used to roam this earth. Yeah. But we've got all these people saying there is this thing out there. I swear to fucking God, I've seen it. It has gray hair. Where are their bones? It looks like a fucking orangutan except like two times the size. Where is it? And where are the the bones? They're aliens. It's the only only logical explanation. explanation. Yeah. Yeah, Well, what was his name? Tim the A-Man. Mr. Ferguson. Oh, there we go. He believes that things are zooming around the sky. But he hasn't seen any hairy men. <laughs> <laughs> Scootin', he used. That's the one. But. Very honestly, interesting. Very interesting. I think it's like one of the missing links. That's To where our I'm, evolution? Yeah, that's where I'm going going with. Ape, yowie, human. Well, like like I said at the start, the um, in the words of an Aboriginal man, these were the first blacks of the... Right, they were the first, the first people, first race. people here. Yeah. And considering all the accounts seem to have them as a fairly intelligent, or at least you know, somewhat intelligent like species. No, they, then they don't have all of an animal instinct. Yeah, they're like halfway between gorilla and human. Yeah, they're like, ooh, fire! What does it do? Yeah, oh, well, shit, bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I wasn't invited. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Someone's just like, yo, you got an invitation? Oh shit. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we have time for today. We hope you enjoyed this special Australian episode of You Mean a Poltergeist. Learning a bit about um, Aboriginal history is nice. Yeah. Indigenous history, I should say. That's it. The Yowies, the Bunyips. The Yowies, the Bunyips, the Phantom Kangaroos, and Mega Sharks. <laughs> all interesting things you can expect to see in Australia. Yeah, come on down when yeah. the quarantine is up and there's a vaccine. <laughs> yeah. All right, all well, right, we love you. We love um, you. Have a great day. Follow us on all the socials. It's Human Poltergeist. If you don't know that by now, you should really remember it. And don't forget to exercise regularly. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.